certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim? Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. The link between Kira, Jane and the Karakata victim was found by a fibre match thanks to a pair of Telstra trousers. Natalie Bongiolo, Tim Clark and Alison Fan with you for day 74 of Claremont in Conversation. Well, Tim and Ali, this discovery of these pants, which we've discussed in previous podcasts, and of course this was the reason why the trial was delayed for four months, well today you heard about how the fibres were compared. Yeah, that's right, Nat. Um, <laughs> You might be forgiven for thinking this evidence is uh, <laughs> a little bit similar to uh, to yesterday and the day before, and you'd be absolutely right in that assumption because it was very similar. But um, yesterday we dealt with the fibres that were predominantly found on, on Jane's hair, and they were predominantly grey in colour and predominantly said to match um, Mr Edwards's car. Um, today we moved on to... Uh, yeah, Kira's hair and the, the 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 significant amount of fibres that were found um, in her hair mass, um, and we began going through those today. And a large proportion of those, as you said, now are blue, and they're the blue polyester fibres that the prosecution say match up um, exactly with the type of trousers and shorts that Mr. Edwards would have been wearing back in the day. Um, as part of his work uniform um, for Telstra, um, and so that was that was um, what we started with today, and then all the other comparisons that were done with those fibres that were discovered, um, in terms of trying to cross match them, certainly with the Telstra pants, certainly at times with the blue fibre that was found in Jane's hair, and we know from um, previous. Um, evidence that they were also there were also matches done on some of these fibers to the sh- the fibers that were found on the shorts of the Karakata victim. Um, there are a significant amount of critical fibers in Kira over, over sixty, um, so we'll be hearing a lot more about that um, uh, next week. Um, we dipped our toe into that. I think we got through about eight of those um, fibers today. But um, what what really again stuck out to me today was how close in time to the trial this investigation and the this particular part of the investigation was was running because the the, the main bulk of the fibers the blue fibers that were found in Kira's here were only discovered in 2018 they were only actually pinpointed put on the slides and put under the microscope in 2018 that's almost two years after mr edwards was arrested and then these comparisons with the other fibers were were still going on in may last year in 2019 which was which was only months before the trial was due to start so again it 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 just um reiterates um how long and how far and how close up to the trial um, these investigations were actually going on. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the timeline is actually extraordinary. And of course, the 2019 comparison is because of those Telstra trousers that were um, handed to police and used as a as a match that you've told us about in previous podcasts. Um, it has been very interesting, hasn't it, Ali, to just see how tight this timeline was and understand why this trial was forced to be pushed back for four months. 
Absolutely. I mean, you're looking at May 2019 when they're talking about getting vacuuming the floor of the car, and that was literally just weeks before the trial was originally due to start. But what I'm finding a little bit confronting about this um, evidence that's coming out all the time is that I just know, know Tim, science speak, they use words like corresponding and similar. But <laughs> the TV report, I'm sort of a bit um, worried about interpreting that. As, is that a definitive match when they say... <laughs> similar and corresponding i just you know as i'm finding that to try to cover this as a tv reporter um very very difficult in the um scientific language that's being presented and whether we can whether i am misinterpreting that by trying to put it in mums and dads language is what i'm saying for as a tv reporter yeah that's really interesting ali because um as brendan chapman has spoken to us about this as well and and he was also very concerned about using the word match and he said he wouldn't use that word it's corresponding fibres so uh, he was saying while the fibres correspond to say that this fibre is an exact match to this fibre isn't how they would phrase it in a scientific sense. No and if you were a jury listening to this as we are listening to it with no one explaining it definitively um, you just wonder, thank goodness it's a judge trying to interpret this because, as I know in the scientific world, they, they never use definitive things. They never say never and, and this type of thing. I'm finding it almost impossible to cover as a TV reporter and get it into some sort of a short news report, especially with what else is going on around the world. But, um, yeah, uh, is there an end in sight to this, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, there is, but it's uh, a bit further along on the horizon than than, than we'd anticipated. Um, I think Miss Barbara Gallo was a little bit um, ambitious in her timeline that she laid out um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as we as we mentioned, <laughs> yeah. Well, as we mentioned, there's 98 critical fibres. We we got up to number 32 today. Um, so if you average that out at around about maybe 15 fibres a day, we, we've, we've still got a few days to go mm. yet. Um, and as we've said to the listeners before, um, it's not exactly the, um, you know, the, the most dramatic or, or um, sexy day in, in court, but it is um, extremely important um, for the prosecution case. This is their last, last big hurrah, I suppose, well, they don't call this a trial of the century for nothing. I've never seen anything like this in 50 years or more of court reporting. I, I mean, a broadsheet, yes, you see it on a financial case like perhaps the Bell Group, which goes on for decades, yeah. but I'm used to looking at a, a policeman pointing to a, a mud map saying the victim's body was here and the accused's bloody footprints were over here by the front door and the knife was found here and that's it. But this, we're yeah. getting sort of like endless, amazingly methodical minutiae, aren't we, as far as the yeah. detailing of fibre by fibre, and um, it is quite mind-numbing for someone trying to cover it. As I said, thank no, goodness that... there's not a jury. Yeah, There were uh, there were times this week, uh, Ali, when I thought the trial of the century was actually referring to how long it's lasting rather than <laughs> its significance. But, uh, but there we go. I, 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 I bumped into Miss Barbara Gallo outside court. She she did tell me that she did warn me and warn us that it might be yeah. a, little bit, um, a little bit tedious for us, but as she's pointed out, so many times in and out of court, it is a, it is a, a, a big plank, a, a vital plank of their uh, of their case, um, yeah. and they're not going to rush through it just for the uh, just for the sake of um, you know trying to knock a, a couple of days off at the end. Yeah, no, I just find it amazing that they've carried on the way they have, considering all the restrictions are 
are put on it, they're getting tighter and tighter as far as covering it. I notice now that um, as far as the media goes, we're, we're tied in working from home, but covering it electronically, um, it's still difficult not being actually in the courtroom sometimes. And Tim, you mentioned that there have been days where you're the only person in the courtroom. Yeah, no, there's a hard, there's a hard core of us left um, uh, covering every day. Um, but uh, I suppose most significantly the families um, mm. of the Glennons and the Rimmers and the Spears, um, uh, certainly Dennis um, and, uh, and Jane's um, nearest and dearest haven't been in court basically since Christmas or, or certainly um, soon after Christmas. Obviously, COVID-19 is a moving feast and we've just heard from the Premier of Western Australia, Mark McGowan, who has said that they will be opening schools on the 29th of April. So at the end of school holidays, schools will go back. If schools go back, then perhaps other restrictions ease up and who knows where we'll be in a few weeks' time um, with that anyway. Well, having said that too... um there's been another restriction I noticed just came down today or yesterday to do with the one hearing room that's the live link into this Claremont trial downstairs. It's now been limited to seven people in there. Now, there's other journalists in there that are covering other trials and hearings that are going on. So to sit down there and do our social distancing is going to be very, very difficult. Um, uh, while other things might be restricted, these are still being um, still being carried out as far as the um, links go. Yeah, it changes daily. Yeah, so our, our, our bunker um, on the first floor of the district court building yes. in Perth is, um, is limited to uh, to five of us. So, um, mm. um, And we are trying to spread out as, as much <laughs> as we can or, or keep our distance from each other as much as we can. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just added another whole element of... Uh, of, of, unique, of uniqueness <laughs> to what, yeah. is all, well, what was already a, 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 unique, uh, a unique trial. Uh, Tim, you had up a DNA spreadsheet in that bunker there that um, everybody could <laughs> refer to. Have you got a fibre spreadsheet up? Uh, yes, yes, we have. Um, my my scrawl is on the wall. Um, I'm I'm looking at it right now, actually. Um, and uh, that was ba- that was done a few months ago, based on what Miss Barbara Gallo had said in her opening, which is the uh, as Ali mentioned, a, a mud map. Um, but um, I could I, I could probably take up all the walls and most of the <laughs> ceiling if I tried to write all the detail that we'd heard in the last um, in the last few days. And uh, as I explained yesterday, we're just going through each fibre, um, describing where it's come from, how it was, uh, how it was found, who it was found by, when it was found, and then all the comparisons that were done. <clears throat> and so we got on onto um, Kira today, and, and or, or Kira's here today. And for the, I mean, for the first time, we actually found out the the um, the, the detail that had gone on um, in, in in that examination in, in 2018. Um, the regular listeners might remember that um, we talked about how um, Jane's hair mass had been divided into into portions to make it easier to um, to analyze for the for the analysts at the chem center and 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 pathwest and that that had been split into five um, areas um, today we heard that when they actually uh, got Kira's hair mass, out of um, storage, um, cold storage, and 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 
really um, got down to the, the the very detailed work that they did on that. And this is this is in 2018, as I just mentioned. They actually um, divided cures here into 16 different um, samples, and then went through each of those. And that that um, that analysis in total spanned over 24 days um, for you know one one mass of hair um, and seven and 17 working days that that it was analysed. So um, uh, once again, it just goes to show the the absolute um, uh, detail and, and thoroughness of um, of what was uh, what was being carried out um almost uh, still almost two years after after mr edwards had been arrested um, and charged with kira's murder yeah it's extraordinary so from that examination they gathered 50 of these critical fibers now one of the fibers that uh we spoke about yesterday was the fiber that corresponded to the boot of edwards car was there any more on that today yeah there was actually um and it was interesting in that there was there was so many comparisons done on that um, that one fibre um, because it was a, 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 a pretty rare fibre in terms of if you look it just in the in the main hair mass there was twenty five of these of these uh, uh, blue fibres um, but this one was um, particularly um, uh, particularly of interest because it would it appeared to uh, um, have come from uh, another part of the car, and so when they did um, the comparisons, they they compared it to um, seven different fibers taken from different areas of the boot um, of the car, um, just to obviously absolutely um, make make sure um, and 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 give themselves some certainty um that it that it had had come from uh, that it had come from that car um and where where miss mr powell rich powell did say there were um slight differences um the 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 overall um assumption uh, was um that it that it that it was from the boot um, because they had done so many different matches um, and um, had satisfied themselves that that is um, actually that that was the the source that is that is alleged. Was there uh, any fibres today that um, were tested and didn't correspond that were of note? Um, there was there were some that um, uh, that Mr. Powell um, couldn't go as far as saying corresponded, which is as high as he will go. Um, but there were there were a couple that he could only say that were similar, that so that, that they didn't tick all the boxes as we as we as we um, uh, discussed earlier in the week. Um, there was also an, a, a little outlier in that. Um, the, the the boot fibre that we were talking about, the last fibre that um, related to, to Jane, they actually tested that against another car, uh, another model of car altogether, which is the um, Toyota. They, they, they managed to tr- track down a Toyota um, Lexan um, car, which was the, the same model and make car, but it was rebadged. Um, and so they went as far as... Um, doing that as well um to to see if if that was a match um and uh, again it was this this the same trim number the, the, the same color and style of the interior 
um, and uh, and and again that that was um, that was said to to be a, a, a very close correlation. So um, n- not only were they going for the exact make of car, not only were they going for Mr. Edwards's actual car, um, they were going for for different cars um, of a of a similar breed, um, just to, to to really be able to tick all the boxes. So this was really a secondary way of confirming the corresponding mm. to this particular type of car. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once again, just uh, another stone that they didn't want to leave unturned. Yeah. Well, we have a couple of questions from you that we will ask to Tim and Ali now. So I've got from Michael. What I'd like to know from Tim is what sort of interaction does Ms. Barbagello have with the accused in the courtroom? By that I mean when Ms. Barbagello is reading out a statement or questioning one of the state's witnesses, does she ever turn and look at the accused when certain vital aspects of evidence is mentioned in the court or is this the sort of action only done in jury hearings on TV dramas? Um, no, uh, the latter. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very rare that um, Ms. Barbagallo addresses anyone in the court other than the witness that she's questioning the judge um, because that is obviously where um, all the evidence is being directed or there will be the occasional interaction um, during proceedings with Mr Jovich or Ms Cleary who are the um, the co-counsel for Mr Edwards so there no there, there is no, there is very little even non-verbal um, communication between um, Ms Barbagallo and Mr Edwards I mean Mr Edwards obviously as we mentioned is taking very close um, interest in, in what is what is going on still writing his notes um, uh, but his only real um, interaction with p- persons in the court that I've witnessed has been with his lawyers and then the, the, the occasional um, um, smile towards his parents when they were um, a, a attending court but um, but there, no there's been no um, uh, Pointing across the uh, the courtroom and uh, direct accusations um, um, f- flying. Unfortunately, that would have provided a, lot, a bit of colour this week if there had been. But, um, <laughs> but no, it doesn't happen, um, does it? No, you. Yeah, um, I think she would no, have been brought up quite sharply by the judge if she started using <laughs> around pointing to the accused. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. Ali, we have a question from Michelle who asks, has anyone tried to explain how Mr Edwards could have driven the girls so far to the supposed kill sites, i.e. is the supposition that they were subdued, unconscious after entering the car? Look, you know, I puzzled over this myself because especially with Kira, when she got in the car at Plymouth, and she would have expected only to get driven a a matter of a couple of kilometres at the most towards her home, that if he would... Um, veered off to the direction where she was found you would have been kicking and screaming so you just have to think that they must have been subdued very early uh, because you all of a sudden you're driving along the coast towards Eglinton which is miles and miles away from Claremont. The minute he turned off you would have been opening the door or fighting to get out so you just have to, this this has really bothered me right from the start as to why they didn't um, fight to get out he must have subdued them whoever it was to um of not that you know for them not to have fought to get out of the car well you're not alone there Ali because this is a question that many of you who are listening to this podcast have asked us in your emails to us but I guess the reality is Tim that uh this hasn't been explained in court 
Well, no, Nat, because there's no direct evidence that that really Mm. points to it. And uh, as we've said all along, the reporter's job is to report what is said in court. And and obviously, this case, there has been so much supposition and so many theories along the way that you do. It's it's only natural, as Ali's just said. You try and fill in the blanks. You try and come up with scenarios yourself to how 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 could this have have happened, um, and. The direct evidence that we've heard is that when they did find Mr. Edwards's car in 2016, they went over it with a fine-tooth comb, looking for any evidence that would point to that. Um, they could, they didn't find any blood. They didn't find any hair. They didn't find any signs of a struggle, even though it was obviously 20 years on. We've had other questions to the podcast about when Mr. Edwards was seen in the days after both murders, whether he showed any yeah. um, signs mm. of any injury on him, on his person. All we can say is there's no evidence to point towards that. Where the, um, when we discussed the Telstra evidence all those m- months ago and we s- supposed about that Telstra must have known about Mr. Edwards' um, offending at Hollywood Hospital in 1990. All we can say is that there were Telstra witnesses brought to the stand and they, they couldn't produce any documents that showed that they could. So they did know. So we, we, as I say, we, we try and fill in the blanks, but we've got, as reporters, we've got to be very careful because we are bound to report what is said in court and not maybe sometimes what's in our heads. <laughs> no, no, that's but, right. It's just that the area itself was so tight to where the victims were supposedly going uh, we talk about Stirling Highway, which is the main highway. Uh, any veering off of that would have you would sort of worry about, you know. Yeah. And this is mm. just as you ma- imagine what would happen, but we just don't know. No, that's right. It's one of the great unanswered questions, no, along with no. many other an- unanswered questions um, that you know we've been asking through the course of this trial. So um, the Chem Centre expert, Rhys Powell, he'll be back on the stand next week, probably maybe even for the remainder of the week. What's expected after no. that, Tim? Um, after that, Matt, I dread to think. No, um, after <laughs> that, we, we think we're going to get to... Well, look, there's these two possible forks we can go down. Peter Collins, who is Mr. Powell's um, boss, uh, ostensibly at, at Camp Centre, and uh, we heard today he was one of the, the analysts that found many, many of these these fibres during his exacting work um, over all those years. Um, he might be called as a witness. Um, if he isn't, then we believe that the next witness then will be the fibre expert expert um, who's written the report that brings all this evidence together, if you like, Dr. Ray Palmer. Um, he is based in the UK. He's one of the, I think it's safe to say, one of the leading sort of fibre experts on the planet he's written books he's written papers um he's he's hugely regarded in the forensic um um, firmament as as one of the top men um on fiber analysis and how it's used in criminal proceedings so um we will we will hear from him um and we will hear what what his report um concluded about all these um all these uh corresponding fibers that, that that the chem center has found um, so that we think will be not next week, but the week after, um, and then that is really getting to the uh, to the closing um, stretch, the final furlongs of the prosecution case, um, the, and the, the last furlong being um, 
once again this interview with Mr Edwards that police conducted um, in the hours um, after he was arrested in, in December 2016 and we will once again we will finally get to hear something from from the man that we've talked about so much over the last um, <laughs> years and months. That's right and everyone really is waiting for that so Ali there is light at the end of the fibre tunnel. That's good but what about cross-examination? What about cross-examination? That's yeah there'll be a bit there will, obviously yeah. there will be a bit of cross-examination of Mr Powell and Mr Yovich will no doubt try to point out um, some holes in 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 these uh, in these matches that aren't matches. Yes, I'm sure the word match will be um, discussed in the cross examination. And what is a match, and what does a match really mean? Thank you both so much for your time this week. That wraps up week 18 of Claremont in Conversation. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe wherever you are, and we'll be back with you Monday for day 75. This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au. For a fresh take on the news that matters, tune in to WA's newest morning show, The West Live, with Jenna Clark at thewest.com.au. The West Live not only delivers on what the day's big news stories mean for WA with hard-hitting interviews and analysis, but it will also make you smile with light-hearted chats and local gossip. The West Live, like talkback radio, but without the interruptions. Listen live weekdays from 8.45am on thewest.com.au or catch up with the podcast.